0: Hello and welcome, it's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5, AM 750 WSB, the phone number 404 872 750 wsb talk Now, today is Halloween, it is getting dark out there, so please be mindful of trick-or-treaters as you are headed home this evening, please um i'm gonna have to take my kids out we'll wait until seven we live in a planned community and area and we're expecting thousands of trick-or-treaters tonight which is kind of crazy but they've got police directing traffic all through the neighborhood so we should be okay but just be mindful of the trick-or-treaters out there we got a lot of news let me start with the news of the wsb debate um my understanding of what happened is the debate was scheduled for sunday well President Trump is coming to campaign for Brian Kemp. So Brian Kemp tried to get the debate rescheduled. Stacey Abrams' campaign would not budge on the debate. And so his choice was do a debate with Stacey Abrams that nobody's going to watch or hang out with the president. So he decided to hang out with the president. And I don't mean any disrespect to that. I just, I don't think these, you learn anything in these debates. I don't think the debates are useful at this point. Um, and the optics of it, I think don't look good for Brian Kemp, but I think when people understand he is campaigning with the president, the campaign calculus is they will pick up more votes by campaigning for the president than any votes they would pick up from the debate or lose from the debate. So probably smart for them. They wanted to reschedule it. The Abrams campaign Refused to pick a different time to reschedule it she's got oprah and barack obama coming in for her i think oprah somebody told me oprah i haven't confirmed oprah Uh, barack obama for sure coming friday for Stacey abrams in the metro atlanta area and the vice president is campaigning with brian kemp as well that that is the story as i know it it is campaign optics y'all i'm ready for the debate to be or ready for the campaign to be over Uh, That reminds me, I've got early voting turnout uh, numbers. And let me, where is this? Yes. I am told by reliable third party sources that Republicans are not turning out at the strength they should be in early voting in the following counties Hall, Cherokee, Bartow, Walton, Bryan, Whitfield, and Camden counties. Uh, There is good Republican turnout but it is not as high as it should be for comfortably padding the margins. Uh, Hall, Cherokee, Bartow, Walton, Bryan, Whitfield, Camden counties. I suspect we're still going to see a um, campaign with a definitive winner and no runoff, uh, and that it'll be Brian Kemp. But they're trying their best to ensure no runoff. And that's basically what this is. If Republicans don't show up at the rate they need to show up in early voting, we're probably going to have a runoff. So particularly if you're in Hall, Cherokee, Bartow, Walton, Bryan, Whitfield, or Camden County, you got to move things along so that we don't have a runoff. I really don't want a runoff. And I know that uh, my show performs very well during the election season, so maybe I should want a runoff. So, everybody still listens, but I don't. I'm ready for this to be over. I am ready for it to be over. Just like many of you are probably ready for traffic to be done. Let's go check on it. Got a text from a buddy while we were checking traffic. Uh, yes, I should be wishing everyone happy Reformation Day as well. Um, happy Reformation Day. My uh, kids got out of school today, they go to a Christian private school, and they have all-day dodgeball tournament, basically, to celebrate Reformation Day. Now, I hear that back in the early days of the school, when it was very, very heavily Protestant, um, they would have the Papist and the anti-papists as the dodgeball teams, but they abandoned that before my kids got there, nonetheless. Okay, so we've got other news. Stacey Abrams was actually supposed to be on uh, the morning news yesterday for 30 minutes and had to cancel. She had a scheduling conflict. The View asked her to come on, and she decided she would go be on the view well she made some news that is only just now really trickling out she not only wants to ban ar-15s in georgia but she wouldn't deny that she wants to confiscate them this is her conversation with megan mccain on the view
1: do not believe that weapons of mass destruction like the ar-15 belong to civilian hands do so you think i don't be think any... i do i think they should be
0: prohibited from civilian use. I've shot an AR-15, and I think you probably have too. And while it's an amazing amount of power, it also is an amazing amount of destruction. And there's Um, very little that can be done to protect vulnerable communities when the AR-15 is present.
1: I do appreciate your honesty, and I assume that by banning it, you would be rounding them up. It's the most popular gun in America, around 61% of all U.S. civilian rifle sales. Would we be rounding them up from civilians in Georgia that own it?
0: We have had a ban on assault weapons before in the United States, and I think that we should do it again. I think that there has to be a conversation of how it's accomplished, because we have to recognize that this is a national conversation. There you have it. So if we're breaking this down, you've got Stacey Abrams saying that AR-15s, the the most popular gun in the country, is an AR-15. AR does not stand for assault rifle, contrary to what so many Democrats think. It stands for Armalite. Um, AR-15s are the most popular, uh, guns in the country. 60% of rifles in this country are AR-15s or derivatives thereof. And you know, by the way, she says there's a lot of power in the AR-15. That's not actually true. Ask any hunter, um, about hunting and you will find that the AR-15 isn't necessarily their favorite gun to go. I mean, for deer hunting in particular, Not their favorite gun. I've got an AR-15 from Daniel Defense. I love my AR-15. And so Megan McCain follows it up with a question of, would you confiscate existing guns? If you're going to ban them, are you going to confiscate existing guns? You will note she did not say no. She did not say yes, but she did not say no. She wants a conversation about it. Well, conversations are the way you you get around this without actually saying uh yes I want to round up all the guns. Now, it wouldn't happen. I don't think the Democrats are going to take the Georgia legislature, but it'd be a big issue. Here you have a Democrat now ex- exposing just how bad she is on guns. Now she tries to say I'm am a Second Amendment supporter and my dad's a hunter and we got him a we got him a gun cabinet and on and on and on. She says in the interview uh but that no one needs an AR15. But it, it, the thing that ca- the thing that really gets me here is she calls it a weapon of mass dis- destruction. Destruction. A weapon of mass destruction. Any weapon in the hands of the wrong person can be a weapon of mass destruction. Airplanes were a weapon of mass destruction on September 11th. Knives have been a weapon of mass destruction in various parts of Europe. Eighteen wheelers have been weapons of mass destruction. Uh, Handguns have been, AR-15s have been, all sorts of weapons and non-weapons have been weapons of mass destruction. Um, Stacey Abrams is a very nice person who is very, very, very smart. She is. You may not like her, but don't discount her. She's very polished. She's very good on the stump. Uh, She is a very nice person. I I still say she's one of the best interviews with anybody of either party I've done in the past year. Self-deprecating, very smart, um, gave very good answers to questions. But she's also very, very progressive. And this is another reminder of just how progressive she is. She wants to ban AR-15s. And she won't deny. She was given the opportunity to deny it. And that's the important thing here. For those of you who are saying, she never said she wanted to. She was given the opportunity to deny it. And she did not deny it. She said she wants to have that conversation. Too radical to be Georgia governor. I got to be honest with you. So it's Halloween. And I was just really tempted of putting on a suit and carrying around a case of beer and saying I was Brett Kavanaugh, maybe hold a gavel or so. I, I just, I, but apparently a lot of other people have had this idea and I got a buddy who says he's planning on carrying an empty keg around on his shoulder tonight, uh, wearing a make America great again, hat a suit and carrying a gavel, uh, as he walks his kid around for trick or treating. I I would not do that, but nonetheless, uh, I'm not alone in thinking that would be a clever costume. So it's clearly not a clever costume because everybody else thought of it as well. Um I have one child tonight who my oldest she wants to go as an assassin and then my 9-year-old he intends to go as the Grim Reaper and his costume is rather freaky. Uh, so I will be taking them as soon as the show is done tonight, I have to take them trick or treating the phone number, by the way, 404-872-0750-1800 WSB talk. Now you should know there's other data out there today, uh, about early turnout and democratic turnout. It's not just in Georgia, Georgia is beginning to see a democratic turnout in this final week of early voting. The democratic vote now is outpacing Republicans some of the key Republican areas, like, for example, uh, Walton and Cherokee County, uh, very heavily Republican areas in the state, For Forsyth County as well, the Republicans are not turning out now at the rate Democrats are turning out. That is throwing things off. Uh, then, of course, you do have Sunday. There are only, I think somebody told me, 14 of the 159 counties do Sunday early voting, and Democrats are now in those areas outpacing the Republicans so that helped Democrats get close. Um, I The Kemp campaign, the people I talk to, everybody seems to think they don't want to say they think he's, they don't want to jinx it. But the trend lines are good. The problem is that we don't want to run off. Oh, I really don't want to run off. But the other problem is that there are a lot of independent voters voting. And we don't know how those people are voting. And that can make things closer. We also can't tell for sure who someone is voting for. You assume Republican candidates are voting for the Republican, Democrat candidates are voting for the Democrats. But there has also polling is showing a shift in the last couple of years where some people who are currently identified as Republicans because of their voting pattern are shifting towards the Democrats because they don't care for the president. And it's the Atlanta suburban women that the— Uh, Republicans are nervous about. They're nervous about it for Karen Handel. They're nervous about it for Rob Woodall. And they're nervous about it for Brian Kemp. But there's another aspect of it as well. That is the Hispanic vote. Uh, Hispanic voters have not really been engaged in this election. And there is deep fear because of the president's wanting to ban birthright citizenship and announcing it before the election, he may inspire Hispanic voters now to go vote. And in places like Gwinnett County, for Rob Woodall and for Brian Kemp, that could impact the election. And there are other parts of the country where we're starting to see democratic or hispanic voters seem to suddenly be voting in the last week they seem to we don't know though if they're voting republican or democrat i've uh, seen a number of interviews with hispanic voters where the reporters very clearly expect them to say that they are um that they are voting democrat and they're not They're voting Republican kind of throws everything off on on the presumptions, but still it it is a dangerous game. People are playing in looking at the early voting and making too many presumptions from it. What I can tell you is everyone is convinced there is a sudden surge of the democratic early vote in Georgia, and there's rain coming on election day as well as tomorrow. And that could throw everything for a loop. Do you have trouble sleeping? Do you struggle putting your kids to bed each night when you sleep poorly? How does it impact the rest of your day? Well, there's a great app to help you get to sleep at night. And I can tell you, we've started using it in our family. Jonathan Last, actually, a friend of mine from the Weekly Standard, recommended this. He and his family have used it for a very long time. Uh, The app is called Calm. We have gotten to the point now where... Our kids now sleep in separate rooms and our youngest has wanted to sleep with the dog. Our oldest has wanted some sort of sound machine at night. Well, this app, Calm, it's the number one app for sleep, meditation, and relaxation. It was named App of the Year last year by Apple. And if you head to calm.com Eric, E-R-I-C-K, you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of premium programs, including sleep stories, which are bedtime tales for grown-ups designed to quiet your minds and relax your body. They're read by soothing narrators like Clark Peters, from The Wire and Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones. they are guided meditations on topics like anxiety, stress, and sleep, and their soothing music and more. For a limited time, The Eric Erickson Show listeners get 25% off a Calm Premium subscription at calm.com slash eric. That's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash E-R-I-C-K. It includes unlimited access to all of Calm's amazing content that will have you drifting off to dreamland in no time at all. Get started today at calm.com slash Eric, then get to sleep. Y'all, it is 5.39 p.m. And I am in the home bunker doing the show. Thankfully, I'm blessed to work for a company that has me set up so that I can do that as needed. And I got to be here because I got to take the kids trick-or-treating when the show is done. Um, But I can see uh, in my location, I can see that we've already got trick-or-treaters. It is not even 545 p.m. It is. I mean, it's not even dark out. Um, And, you know, can I just say that, and I mentioned this earlier this this year, but I'm just, I am just determined. I feel compelled to lecture kids dressed up as horrors tonight. Uh, it irks me to no end the prostatot, um, the effect on Halloween costumes. And I know I say this every year and I've already said it this year, but come on parents be involved in your kids' lives. I, and I actually, I want to pivot from what I want I've got more to say on early voting turnout, but I've been meaning to talk about this, uh, since last week. And I only referenced it very briefly last week and I've got some time here. I want to do this. It is worth it. Speaking of parents being involved with their kids, that you should know. Um, The New York Times, of all places, did a fascinating story on technology in classrooms. Now, I I, got to tell you, my kids were at our church's school last year, and they were miserable in the school, just discipline issues, which are unfortunate. Um, And we decided to move to a a smaller uh, Christian school, where the doors weren't thrown open to everyone. Um, one parent at least has to be a regular churchgoer at the school, and it really has made all the difference with our kids. They are so much happier. The discipline problems that we had, I mean, the school's not perfect, no school is, but the bullying and the discipline problems we were dealing with uh, last year, in the several years from our school, they're all gone away. Uh, this school is not as wealthy as the last school. The last school, starting in sixth grade, all of the kids get tablets and their homework is all done on tablets. Uh, and they had these HP monstrosities. They didn't even have Chromebooks. They had these uh, HP tablets and I'm a, I'm an Apple. I, I've used Windows for years. I can navigate on Windows. I just I prefer the Mac so much more that, notwithstanding that. Uh, I wasn't a fan of these sorts of tablets but nonetheless they it, it was it was touted as a very big thing. All the big schools are doing it. And they're not alone. A lot of schools, a lot of public schools have taken to having kids do their work on tablets. This new school, it's textbooks in every class. Every every subject has a textbook. Uh, and the kids, I'm already finding the kids are doing better with textbooks because the technology can get in the way of just focusing on your homework. It becomes a distraction. Sure enough, the New York Times has done a massive, massive report on technology in classrooms. And you will probably not be surprised to learn that parents of kids in Silicon Valley are insistent that the kids have textbooks and not tablets, and that in their homes, kids cannot have iPads and devices to stare at, no screen time in the homes of the inventors of these devices. And I want you to think about that for a minute. The people who know these devices the best do not want their kids using them at all. And what the New York Times points out now is that there is a technology gap between the rich and the poor. The richer you are, the less likely you are to allow your kids access to this technology. And the most prestigious private schools in the country are realizing that this technology actually harms development instead of helping development. But so few parents realize this. They they get touted as, oh, look, all the kids get tablets. They do their homework on the computers. And more and more studies are showing this is actually a terrible idea for kids. Um, Think about that for a minute. Major private schools in this city are putting kids on tablets and getting rid of textbooks. And the people in Silicon Valley who invented this, they're now banning their schools. A parent-led initiative among the private schools and the public schools in Silicon Valley to ban the use of tablets in schools because the parents know that it actually harms their kids' academic achievement. Turns out, good old-fashioned paper textbooks are better for kids at helping them retain and process information than staring at a brightly lit screen. Just, wow, I could have told you that, though. I could have. Um, Now, I could also tell you we need to go check traffic. Thank you very much. Now, look, I, I'm not, I, I'm not kidding on this. Uh, I, I like text. Uh, I have had books, and I've had professors that have given material on PowerPoints uh, in seminary and working on my PhD. Uh, people have uh, moved towards electronic stuff, and I'm noticing a trend of moving back. I think that is a good thing. I find that my memory retention is better when I have the tactile touch of a book in front of me than a screen. And there are tons of studies showing this is the same with kids, that kids do better having a physical page in front of them. And I would just tell you, if you are a parent and your kids are using tablets at school, You should make sure the administrators at your school see this study from the New York Times this past week. Uh, Google is your friend on this. This is a widely trafficked study. It's very easy to find. Just Google New York Times um, electronic devices in school or tablets in school, and they are finding it is a big mistake, and it is the parents of Silicon Valley who are raising the red flag. I mean, they they interviewed people who helped develop the iPad, people who who work at Google uh, and the like, and they're all saying, no, 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 this is not good for our kids, our kids do not need to be staring at these devices. And, you know, we had to go cold turkey in our house. We did. I'll, I'll tell you more about that later at some point. But we got other election news we also have to cover. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson. Remember, trick-or-treaters are going to be out tonight. So be careful on the roads. You know what's not smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. But you know what is Smart. ZipRecruiter.com slash report. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. There's no more sorting through the wrong resumes. There's no more waiting for the right candidates to apply. And frankly, with the economy doing as well as it is with employment as high as it is, with unemployment as low, you really have to work to find the right candidates for your jobs, and ZipRecruiter is the place to go to do that. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the United States. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com report. That's ziprecruiter.com slash report, ziprecruiter.com slash report, R-E-P-O-R-T, ziprecruiter.com slash report. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Uh, Speaking of my kids going cold turkey, Christian and I have had a very difficult time regulating the kids saying you can have an hour or or whatnot, and we just finally decided we got to tell them no. We'll let them watch TV if their homework is done for a little bit, but no staring at screens. And our oldest, it kind of sucks for her to a degree, because she mostly just listens to music. Um, so I've got her set up so she can listen to music, but no no screen time. Uh, except on the weekend, we'll let them do it on the weekend. Uh, but during the week, none. And we found that uh, their willingness to go outside and play has increased. Their willingness to play with others has increased. Uh, their willingness to entertain themselves has increased. And i, I got to tell you, I've talked to several friends of mine. Uh, some of whom are homeschool families, and they they do not have tablets in their house at all. Uh, I've got one friend of mine who doesn't even own a TV. And what they have in common, the families that do not have these tablets, is that their kids find ways to entertain themselves. And we were struggling with our youngest, who's exceedingly, I mean, it's spooky how brilliant this kid is. And I don't say that as just dad, I mean, he really is smart. But he has the most difficult time entertaining himself. He's got to have somebody to play with him if he's not on a screen and just going cold turkey now for more than a week. He's going outside. He's playing by himself. He's riding his bike. um, And that is such a good thing. Uh, It really is. We needed to see that. Um, So anyway, uh, be mindful of of screens. Now, when we come back, more on early voting, the president and immigration, the fights in Congress. And what is Lindsey Graham up to? Some friends of mine have a theory about why he's suddenly so gung-ho Trump after really not liking the guy. You'll probably understand when I tell you. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, Atlanta's Evening News, the phone number 404 Eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred WSB Talk. That's uh, T A L K for you, Abram supporters. I, I want to reiterate the story from the first hour, and and I'm I'm trying not to be a lazy radio show host and and re- repeating myself, but. I think it's very important that you understand the dynamic um, before people try to capitalize on the story and make it a slam at Brian Kemp. The Kemp campaign, they were supposed to be they were supposed to do the WSB TV debate on Sunday. He and Stacey Abrams. The problem is that the president has to campaign for him at 5 p.m. on Sunday. That conflicts with the logistics for the debate. So the Kemp campaign tried to reschedule the debate and the Abrams campaign refused. So both sides are saying that the other backed out of the debate. The Kemp campaign was saying they were totally willing to do the debate, but the president's visit comes first. The president can't reschedule his visit. And the Abrams campaign says they have no willingness to reschedule theirs uh, debate period. So it looks like the WSB TV debate is not going to happen. That's what actually, it it is not that Brian Kemp bailed on the debate. He didn't want to debate uh, that he's running from the debate or anything like that. As as people are saying, it's that the president is on a very tight schedule. The president is campaigning in Montana, Indiana, Missouri, Um, where else? I think somewhere in Ohio. He's coming through uh, Tennessee, Georgia, and then on his way to Florida. He's on a very tight last minute campaign schedule. The only window they could work in because then he's got to get down to Florida. He's doing a rally in Florida now. He's going back on Sunday to do a rally in a different part of Florida. And they just couldn't accommodate, uh, Brian Kemp couldn't accommodate the previously agreed to time for the WSP debate because the president had no flexibility in his schedule. And I think that's totally understandable. And I'm sure Republicans would be attacking, uh, attacking Stacey Abrams if Barack Obama coming through was the same way and she had to cancel the debate. And all's fair and love in love and politics, I guess. But that's what actually happened. He was totally willing to reschedule the debate. The Abrams camp decided they would rather attack him and claim that he's running from her than to actually um, try to find a time to debate. Things are just getting silly out there. Now, um, uh, let me give you an uh, overview of where we are with the campaigning. As I've told you, Democratic early voting is beginning to surge. It's starting to scare Republicans. Last week, Democrats were very nervous, and this week it's Republicans because the Democratic early voting numbers in Florida, Georgia, Texas, although not significantly in Texas, uh, in Indiana, Nevada, and Arizona are beginning to surge significantly. It's like somebody flipped a switch and all these people are now showing up at the polls and Republicans are freaking out. And part of me wonders, I it's too Machiavelli, I don't think anyone is too brilliant to pull this off, but part of me is wondering if Democrats kind of set back, wanted to see what Republicans had. And now that they've monitored it for a week, they've said, "Okay, here's what we got to do. Let's let's get this going. And they're going to do it this week. One thing to keep in mind is there's uh, really bad weather planning on coming through tomorrow and Friday. So you're going to want to stick with us anyway uh, for your weather and your traffic over the next 48 hours. But it, it just it's it's interesting to see the way the turnout game is playing. Now, let's go see if we can turn down the traffic and get you home. I do have to say, um, one area where Stacey Abrams uh, has actually been able to pull it off is in getting new voters to go vote. She's done a fairly good, competent job of getting a lot of newer voters out. Now, uh, Bobby, who listens to the show earlier today, sent me a link to something put on um Social media, and the numbers fairly well match exactly uh, what I'm seeing from other people. 1.6 million people have voted. Um, It is um, 23,346 non-voters have voted. That is people who are registered to vote, but they never actually vote. They've been mobilized. Uh, 93,388 newly registered voters have voted. 29,287 Uh, swing voters have voted, and so you definitely have a large number of people turning out. The other one is uh, general-only voters, voters who only vote in general elections. They don't vote in primary, so we have no idea how these people lean, Uh, 259,676. If you just take hard R's and hard D's, Uh, A hard D is someone who votes Democrat all the time. And a hard Republican is someone who votes Republican all the time. Democrats lead uh, 499,000 to Republicans 480,000, roughly 20,000 votes. But um, you have soft R's. And and here's the kicker. Uh, The reason you have, so soft R's and soft soft D's. Soft D's have a mixed record. They trend Democrat. Um, There are only 81,000 of those. Here's the kicker for the Republicans. You have 163,651 soft Republican voters for Brian Kemp right now. Now, why does that matter? Well, because where's the Kemp campaign trying to get their vote? Outside of Atlanta. They're not writing off Atlanta, but they know that is where Stacey Abrams' uh, base of operations is. That is the the more liberal area of the state. So they've gone down to more rural and suburban areas of the state, uh, south of I-20, and then into very north Georgia. And they're trying to boost those levels. There are some of those counties that Donald Trump won by 80%. And they've already had more people vote early voting this go round, then voted total in 2016. Think about that for a minute. But here's the kicker. Why are there so many more soft Republicans than soft Democrats? Well, in a lot of these South Georgia areas, your local elections have Democrats. So if you're voting for sheriff, you got to vote in a Democratic primary. You're voting for district attorney, you got to vote in a Democratic primary. It's like Democrats in Forsyth and Cherokee County often run as Republicans because the Republicans are so dominant down there. Well, down in South Georgia, uh, Republicans often vote as Democrats. So if you want to vote for the Dem- Republican, you actually have to vote in the Democratic primary. Those are your soft Republicans. They, they've got a mixed record, but they trend Republican. They give money to Republicans. So we know they're Republicans, but in primaries in presidential years for sheriff and, and district attorney and, and court clerk and whatnot, they got to vote in the Democratic primary. And the fact that there are that many soft Republicans turning out uh, is a clear indication that the Kemp strategy of turning out rural and suburban voters south of I-20 and in upper north northwest Georgia that that's working. Um, they still got to turn out more. Their numbers are are slightly depressed now, and we're seeing a huge Democratic wave in the last week. The the bomber last week. And the church shooting really has inspired people on the Democratic side. Every Republican I've talked to has seen a dip in the polling after last week, although most of them are starting to rebound by now. Um, But it's a big issue, and Republicans have to get out there and vote. They fundamentally do. Um, Right now, what early voting shows me in Georgia is that this is a tie race. And if there is isn't an advantage, I do believe Kemp has the advantage. Uh, While Stacey Abrams may have Oprah Winfrey and Barack Obama, remember Barack Obama has a history of showing himself not to be able to turn out voters for someone else. Donald Trump is not yet proven, although there is some evidence he has a better time turning out his voters to vote for other people than Obama does turning out his voters to vote for other people. So you got the vice president and Oprah Winfrey all going to be around tomorrow campaigning for separate candidates, the vice president in North Georgia, Augusta and Savannah, and then the president on Sunday. I think that probably helps Kemp enough mobilize and keep his base mobilized. But we'll all find out on Tuesday. I actually think I may try to broadcast my show from the Kemp uh, Victory Headquarters on Tuesday night. We're trying to work that out. That would be a lot of fun. Okay, so I got to tell you guys something that I just find horrifically gross. Um, Since I've been telling you guys about the Quip electric toothbrush on here, the number of people who have grilled me on the necessity to change out your brush heads every 3 months. Well, you know, normally I think dentists recommend like every 6 months you change out a regular toothbrush and they would prefer you to do it more because the bristles get really soft, but it's not just that they get really soft, they collect bacteria over they get gross people, they get gross. And that's another reason I love my Quip electric toothbrush brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule of every three months for just $5. You, you don't have to change out your brush, just the brush head. It pops off, the new one pops on. It works on a AAA battery. They can send you a battery, and the batteries last, uh, I mean, on the cycle. It's just it's fantastic. I love this product. Um, so Quip starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash Eric right now, you get your first brush head refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. You get your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Eric. That's dot com slash E-R-I-C-K. I really like my Quip toothbrush. Two years now I've been using this product. It is the longest I've gone uh, with an electric toothbrush, and I don't think I'm ever going back. So go get yourself a Quip electric toothbrush at getquip.com. So yes, Tuesday night, I'm hoping uh, the Kip campaign reached out and asked if I would participate in their uh, victory celebration on Tuesday. I told them I would say yes. The condition was they had to win without a runoff. (laughs) So I think I'm gonna hopefully head over to Athens. If, if nothing else, go out maybe if it's an early night, have a beer in Athens. I I rarely get over to Athens. I need to do more listener events. I guess I want to go to Top Golf, and just like say I'm going to Top Golf, uh, you can meet me there. And do that. Although we may have to wait hours to to go, so we may have to do it on Monday night. But I really like Top Golf. If you guys haven't been to Top Top Golf, there's one over off Howell Mill Road, and there's one in Alpharetta. And if you don't know what Top Golf is, it's it's a multi level sport complex where you can eat, uh, drink, and hit golf balls, which is what I like to do. It's one of the ways I like to relax is just have a beer and hit golf balls. Um, and I don't think you can smoke cigars. It would be so awesome if you could. Nonetheless. Um, it, it's, it is a cool, cool place. If you have not been to Top Golf, I highly recommend it. I went for, I I've been in, I've been in Texas before, but I've never been to the ones in Atlanta until a couple of weeks ago, my buddy Philip and I went to the one off hell mill road after the show. And I mean, man, we stayed until closing, uh, just hitting golf balls, having a good time. Our wives were mad. We were out all night and then had to drive home. Um, but it was so much fun. I just, I need to get better at golf. I really do. I need to join a golf club. I don't have the money to join a golf club right now, um, but I want to. Uh, the boy wants to learn how to play golf, so we need to. Okay, when we come back, let's get into national politics now. Finally, Don Lemon has lost his mind on CNN, and I like Don. Uh, I know Don. Uh, I like Don, but he's he's really gone off the deep end. Just another person who Trump has driven crazy in this present system election cycle the age of trump i guess we can call it my goodness he says not to demonize people and then demonizes white people i'll play you the audio when we come back do you have trouble sleeping do you struggle putting your kids to bed each night when you sleep poorly how does it impact the rest of your day well There's a great app to help you get to sleep at night. And I can tell you, we've started using it in our family. Jonathan Last, actually, a friend of mine from the Weekly Standard, recommended this. He and his family have used it for a very long time. Uh, The app is called Calm. We have gotten to the point now where... Our kids now sleep in separate rooms, and our youngest has wanted to sleep with the dog. Our oldest has wanted some sort of sound machine at night. Well, this app, Calm, it's the number one app for sleep, meditation, and relaxation. It was named App of the Year last year by Apple. And if you head to Calm.com Eric, E-R-I-C-K, you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of premium programs, including sleep stories, which are bedtime tales for grown-ups designed to quiet your minds and relax your body. They're read by soothing narrators like Clark Peters from The Wire and Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones. They're guided meditations on topics like anxiety, stress, and sleep, and their soothing music and more. For a limited time, The Eric Erickson Show listeners get 25% off a Calm Premium subscription at calm.com slash eric. That's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash E-R-I-C-K. It includes unlimited access to all of Calm's amazing content that will have you drifting off to dreamland in no time at all. Get started today at calm.com Eric, then get to sleep. 39 after the, the hour As if you've tuned in for the whole show, I'm in the bunker tonight. Cause I got to take the kids out, uh, at seven to trick or treat. And man, you should see the people coming by already. I can see the people outside, uh, coming up and getting candy. The, my wife and daughter are passing it out right now, waiting for me to get off the air. So let's see if we can be quick about this. <laughs> see if time will speed up so I can get out there. Um, Don Lemon. I like Don Lemon. I do. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. Um, a apparently somebody was listening to the show and not listening carefully asking where we were meeting for top golf after the show. I I'm, I'm thinking of going to top golf and I've got to be up in Alpharetta in the morning. So I'm staying up there tonight by the top golf up there, but I don't think I'm going to get there by 11 and they close at 11. Uh, but we're not going to Top golf tonight. People, I would love to take you to top golf tonight, but we're not going, but maybe at some point we need to schedule a listener trip to top golf where y'all can see me embarrass myself, uh, but have a good time. So nonetheless, Don Lemon. So Don Lemon, uh, was with, uh, chris Cuomo on cnn imagine if someone said something like this on fox news what the reaction from people on cnn would be here's don lemon
1: i keep trying to point out to people not to demonize any one group or any one ethnicity but we keep thinking that the biggest terror threat is something else some 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 people who are marching you know towards the border like it's imminent and when the last time they did this a couple hundred people came and they you know most of them did get into the country. Most of them tired, you know, got tuckered out before they even made it to the border. Um, so we have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men. Most of them radicalized right, to the right. And we have to start doing something about them. There is no travel ban on them. There is no ban on, you know, they have the Muslim ban. There is no white guy ban. So what do we do about that?
0: So we have to stop demonizing people, those demon white people. Um, I don't think that's helpful. And I got to say, I'm really disappointed in CNN with this sort of stuff, because I really do like CNN. And I think the world of a lot of people, I really like Don Lemon. I do. Uh, Don and I have never not enjoyed each other's company when we've seen each other. Uh, he's just—he's a, a profoundly nice guy off here, but this is not helpful. Uh, uh, th- this is this is not helpful. He wants to not demonize people, and then he's demonizing uh, people based on the color of their skin. That's that's not a a smart, useful, helpful, kind thing to do. Uh, there are terrible people out there, but if we're going to judge people, judge them individually, uh, not as a class. They 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 don't want us to say all Muslims are terrorists. Uh, even though most terrorists tend to be these days, uh Islamic radicals, they they don't want us to say anything like that. But but with white people it's right, no. oh, if it's not good for one, it's not good for the other. Uh and I, I this is this sort of stuff is why Donald Trump is probably gonna be president for life. When people hear this sort of stuff and they just shake their heads at it and there is a It's a fairly strong reminder that there are elite media people who really hate you. If you listen to talk radio, if you're white and from the South, you're persona non grata with a lot of these people. Unless you uh, apologize for your culture, apologize for your skin color, apologize for things you don't even believe it's really unfortunate. Like, uh, look at the people who are mad at Chuck Todd. Uh, because I didn't throw Rush Limbaugh under the bus on Meet the Press this past Sunday. Uh, people are vilifying Chuck Todd for having me on over this sort of stuff. And it's because they wanted me to denounce everything. Not just Rush. They wouldn't have been happy if I just denounced Rush Limbaugh. What they want me to do is denounce conservatism. Because they believe conservatism itself is racism. And if you're not going to denounce your your conservative beliefs, well, then you're a racist. That That's, that's the idiocy of these people in the present age and th- there's no forgiveness on that side at all i, I still think we got to show them far more grace than we ever expect to be shown but my goodness do they make it difficult sometimes don should not have said this it-, it was not helpful it wasn't graceful and all it does is at a time that cnn itself is a target from the president this just gives the president more wiggle room to go after cnn now let's go check traffic on a completely and thanks by the way for traffic. Um, on a completely unrelated note to this, Lindsey Graham now fired up over the president trying to get rid of birthright citizenship. Uh, I will at some point explain to you why I'm opposed to it. I suspect most of you disagree with me on that. I, I'm I'm opposed to getting rid of birthright citizenship, and we'll have that discussion another night. I'll take your phone. Call. We don't have enough time to get into your calls on this issue right now. But Lindsey has come out very, very hard for this. You know, I've always liked Lindsey Graham. Uh, we have vehemently disagreed at times in the past. I think he's far squishier than he should be. He's not as conservative as me on a lot of issues. And he suddenly he's gone from being the guy who wanted immigration reform to the guy who wants to get rid of birthright citizenship. I, I got a sneaking suspicion there's a reason for this. Jeff Sessions' days are numbered at the Department of Justice. I think Lindsey Graham wants to be the attorney general, and he's campaigning for the job through the Kavanaugh situation and everything else. He's showing the president that he would be loyal. I think that's what's going on. Out of love for the truth and from desire to elucidate it, the Reverend Father Martin Luther, Master of Arts and Sacred Theology, and ordinary lecturer therein at Wittenberg, intends to defend the following statements and dispute on them in that place. Therefore, he asks that those who cannot be present and dispute with him orally shall do so in their absence by letter. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. It was with that opening that 501 years ago today, Martin Luther changed the world. Um, Very seriously, literally, I think, changed the world. Uh, He nailed his 95 theses to the door of the church at Wittenberg, which is not a protest. It was how, in that day, debates were begun. And there were 95 of them, and most of them were somewhat innocuous. Uh, He was upset with the selling of indulgences. He did not think that that was appropriate, but some of them, um, even the Catholic Church, agreed with. Many of them, though, it it devolved from there. It was not a—the Reformation did not begin with a bang, but with the hammer of a nail on a piece of paper at a door— And it went on for a number of years. His very first one, though, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. This word cannot be understood as referring to the sacrament of penance, that is, confession and satisfaction, as administered by the clergy, yet it does not mean solely inner repentance. Such inner repentance is worthless unless it produces various outward manifestations of the flesh. The penalty of sin remains as long as the hatred of self, that is, true inner repentance, namely, till our entrance into the kingdom of heaven. And then it goes on from there. 95 theses. Most of them have never, you probably haven't read them, but at the same time, they vastly reshaped world history. The last one is this and thus be confident of entering into heaven through many tribulations rather than through the false security of peace. Christians, this is actually number 94, Christians should be exhorted to the diligent in following Christ, their head, through penalties, death, and hell. Uh, Fascinating. While we're out trick-or-treating tonight, uh, this is also the anniversary of the Reformation. 501 years ago, the Reformation. Uh, Just a fascinating history. Uh, This is the 500th anniversary of... Um, the gathering of those who debated Martin Luther as the Reformation went on, uh, there'll be a series of these anniversaries, and it's worth pausing here at the end of this show. We've got so much going on in campaigns right now to really reflect that this was a real thing. It it is spoken of so abstractly, but it happened, and it profoundly reshaped Christianity in the world, really profoundly reshaped Western civilization, uh, beginning the breakup of the uh, church supervision over uh, civil society that really played a big role in that and it all happened here. Uh, Henry VIII breaking apart from the Catholic Church for divorce really was not as significant as Martin Luther taking this act of nailing these theses to the door and it happened 501 years ago today uh, we now call today Halloween, but it is also called Reformation Sunday. And many a church, if they did not uh, celebrate it this past Sunday, this coming Sunday, many a church will be singing Martin Luther hymns, Mighty Fortresses is Our God Among Them, and celebrating the significance of uh, the 95 Theses and the Reformation uh, by grace alone, through faith alone, with Scripture alone, uh, finding salvation. Just fascinating. In any event, you guys have a good night. I really have to get out there and trick-or-treat now. i know, I'm not wearing a costume, just taking the kids. Y'all go do it too.